Hey, hey, happy Monday. Welcome or welcome back to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Jacqueline. She's back to chat about one of her favorite genres, memoirs. We each have some great recommendations to share, but before we hop into that, I wanted to share that we are having our first book discussion of 2022 coming up very soon. My friend Sarah and I will be reading The Night Shift by Alex Finlay, and we're going to share all of our thoughts with you on April 4th, so make sure you mark your calendars. The Night Shift is about a pair of small town murders 15 years apart and the ties that bind them. It's It's out now, so make sure you get your hands on a copy so you're ready for the discussion. Again, that's on April 4th. As always, there will be a spoiler-free section at the beginning of the episode, so you can tune in even if you haven't had a chance to read the book. Also, make sure to head over and follow me on Instagram at TalkBookishPodcast and consider joining the Night Owls on Patreon for $5 a month for bonus monthly episodes, behind the scenes content, access to the Discord channel, exclusive reading vlogs, milestone pins, voting power, and more. All right, Jacqueline, are you ready for some questions? Um, so what's the last book that you gave five stars to? So I read something called The Underwear in My Shoe by Brett Russo. I actually just found it out. It was in one of my IVF groups. It's like an unfiltered story of this lady going through IVF. And I read it just a few days ago and I gave it five stars because it was so good. It's it's like a mixture of like kind of funny um, because like, I don't know, she would just say these really funny instances of like when you're going in to get an exam and obviously like um, the, the title of it is because like she accidentally wore like her crappiest pair of underwear like for oh one gosh. of her first exams. So she was like trying to pull it off without like showing how tattered it was. Oh and my gosh. She like started tripping on it. So of course everyone was watching her. Um, <laughs> and then she like quick put it in her shoe. So that's where like the title comes from. But it had these really, really funny parts in it that I could really relate to. Um, but then she tells her story and her, oh my gosh, it was like kind of sad because she went through um, five egg retrievals total. Um, a lot of those, she's 38 years old when she wrote this or when she went through IVF. Um, but she got zero embryos or zero exits sometimes too and I just felt really bad but she did finally get a baby at the end like her own she didn't have to go for a donor so it had a happy ending um that's always good in a book like that yeah I think it would be a five star for anyone that's going through like IVF or even um if you haven't made it to that stage yeah um I really really loved it so Oh, that's good. That's the title is a little off putting. You're like, what is this book about? But I love that. And and I'm glad that it explains the title too. So it's not just like this random title. Yeah. All right. The next question is what book has been on your TBR the longest? And why haven't you read it yet? Um, so it's kind of a mixture. I've had Pet Cemetery on my TBR for a while. And I've also had a little life on my TBR for a while. Um, so Pet Cemetery I haven't read yet because Stephen King just, uh, it's scary in general. Like, it's scary to read his books because 
I just feel like I don't really connect to a lot of them and they're very just dense, but I feel like I should read it because it's one of those like popular ones. It's like, oh, why wouldn't I read it? So that's why I still haven't, like, <laughs> I still have my shelf, but I didn't want to unhaul it. Um, and then for A Little Life, it's just so large. I am just waiting for like, I don't know if a perfect scenario would ever come up, but I'm like waiting for the perfect <laughs> scenario of like, okay, I can read this now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I haven't so. read Pet Cemetery, but I have read A Little Life and it took me almost a month to read that book. Yeah. So. I know. I'm just, I feel like that'll probably be the only book I read that month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the last question is a pick your poison. You can answer one or the other. What's your favorite book of all time or who's your favorite author? Um, I'm going to go with who's my favorite author and I'm actually changing it. Most of the time I would say like Colleen Hoover, um, but I have recently changed it to Lucinda Berry because nice. I am really, really loving some of her work. I really love how dark it is. I love that she has like the experiences as um, I'm not sure if she's a psychologist or psychiatrist or what the correct term mm -hmm. is, but she works with a lot of the things that she talks about in the books. So I feel like I'm learning so much while I'm reading them too. Um, but I really, really like her as an author. Yeah, you talked about that in one of your recent reading vlogs and mentioning reading vlogs. I will have like her channel and her Instagram and all that linked in the show notes, of course, always. But you did talk about that. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Um, so yeah. I do have The Perfect Child, which I know you've read and enjoyed. And I have When She Returned, I had those on my TBR. Um, and then I recently added Saving Noah, which is that's the book that you were reading. And then mm -hmm. um, The Secrets of Us, I got those as birthday gifts from my friends so I'm really excited I actually do have them on my TBR for um this month so I'm hoping that I can get to them this month oh, nice. I have a lot of reading I have, plans <laughs> yeah I have the secrets of us and when she returned on my TBR for this month oh and that would be interesting think, like compare our thoughts <laughs> yeah I think those are the last two that I need to read by her so wow yeah I mean this will be my first time reading her so I'm really excited because yeah. I've heard nothing but good things. oh my gosh you need to start with saving Noah I think that's the one you should start with. <laughs> okay, I'll take it under consideration. Okay. Um, so are you currently reading anything? Um, yeah, I am trying to finish up my last book of February. Um, I'm reading Razorblade Tears, but I honestly oh, am no. really struggling with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I loved that <laughs> one. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people either really, really love it or miss it like me like I I just feel like it's very it is very character driven and I think that is one of the problems that I'm having um I don't really care about the characters right um so I like the hard-hitting topics in it mm -hmm. um but other than that I just feel very lost with like following them around I feel like it would be good in a movie format yes um but it almost feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie um something that like Alvin would watch. That's what I feel like, like, you know, it Django or something. Like it definitely feels like an action movie to me. Like when I read it, I was like, I can totally see this being an action movie for guys, you know, and like, yeah. of course, girls that like action movies too. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I really liked it. Well, I'm reading Finley Donovan Knocks Some Dead by El Cosmino. I also got this for my birthday. Um, and this one is the follow up to um, 
you know, that series. And in this one, she is once again struggling to finish her next novel and keep her head above water as a single mother of two. On the bright side, she has her live-in nanny and confidant Vero to rely on. And the only dead body that she's dealt with lately is that of her daughter's pet goldfish, which is really funny because I'm kind of spoiling the first like paragraph or whatever it is of the book. But she's talking about Christopher and how like he's he's dead and all this. And you're going, oh my gosh, are we opening up the book with a dead body? And it's like, no, it's a goldfish. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought that that was really, really funny. But anyway, we're here to talk about memoirs. And I just wanted to give like a little definition about what a memoir is because some people may not know, some people may confuse it. Um, a memoir is any nonfiction literary genre based on the author's personal memories and experiences. The assertions made in the work are thus understood to be factual. Closely related to and often confused with autobiographies, a memoir usually differs in the emphasis placed on external events. And I'm not saying it's always the case, but I have found that autobiographies are often written by other people. Like mm -hmm. you would write my autobiography or something like that. I mean, that's not always the case, but that's what I have found. Um, think of it like autobiographies telling someone's entire life story and memoirs being a peek into like a specific time of their life or like an event that they went through, like a slice of their life, if you will. We will be focusing on memoirs, but we might sneak some autobiographies in there. I think we only have memoirs, but sometimes they kind of do overlap. Um, I just want you to be aware of the difference going in. And do you want to kick us off with your first recommendation? Sure. Yeah. So the first one I want to talk about is Spilled Milk by K.L. Randis. Um, this is a book about her being sexually abused by her father for most of her life. And it does say based on a true story, but actually she has a TikTok. And I, after reading this book, like everyone pointed me to her TikTok. And it really is true events because some people thought that maybe things were a lie. Um, but she just changed the names to kind of like protect Right. Um, people's identities but everything that happened was like actually like what happened and mm. I read it in a day um and wow. it was very um very disturbing um especially for me like just seeing how she felt with like when you're raised with like your dad doing that you don't necessarily know that like that isn't how other people are being treated and right. raised. Um, and so that was definitely like hard for me to be like, gosh, why aren't you telling someone, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, she explains that like once she gets to uh, like a teenager, she's like, oh, um, this isn't what's happening to other people. Um, so really, really liked that one, um, but definitely has, you know, rape, child abuse, um, lots of different things like yeah. in there, so... I know we Probably like the dark the stuff. <laughs> so yeah. I was trying to keep it a little on the lighter side. And I would suggest if you're looking to dip your toes into the genre, I'd suggest Brown Girl Dreaming by Jacqueline Woodson. It's a middle grade memoir told in verse. And in that Woodson shares what it's like to grow up as an African American in the 1960s and 1970s, living with the remnants of Jim Crow and their growing awareness of the civil rights movement. It also reflects um, the joy of finding her voice through writing stories 
stories, despite the fact that she struggled with reading as a child. Honestly, I don't think I have any lighthearted memoirs. No, I don't think you do either. And that's fine. I was trying to balance it out a little bit. But I mean, we do. I I mean, I read lighthearted like romance, you know, and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I don't really look to this. I look for an experience that I don't know about. Those are Mm -hmm. usually the ones like that I gravitate towards. And I'm sure you are the same. (laughs) Yeah. If it sounds messed up, they'll read it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what else do you have for us? Okay. So the next one, um, I actually, I know that you DNF'd it, which I was so sad when I saw that you DNF'd it. Um, It's educated by Tara Westover. But I think that this one like spoke to me because I saw similarities in it with how I was raised as a homeschooler. Um, So this is about Tara and how like her family, um, they are some form of Mormon, but like kind of their own version. Um, So I know that some like Mormons will get upset, like they don't wanna be associated with this kind of stuff. And like, obviously, yeah, they kind of did their own thing, Um, but they believed that Um, Like government was really bad. They didn't want to send their kids to school. They raised everyone at home. They didn't believe in doctors. um, And they like, that's how they raised all their kids. So Tara didn't really learn much. And um, her dad definitely had some mental illnesses. And um, they just had like a really rough childhood. Her brother was kind of abusive to her. Um, And so I not saying that that's how I lived, but right. being homeschooled and having that like sheltered life. And also like my mom didn't believe in doctors. I just saw kind of a lot of similarities. <laughs> um, and I also lent uh, my copy to my friend, Lena, who also has a very experience, like similar experience growing up because we grew up very homeschooled, very um, religious. And she also really loved it. So I think it's that like personal experience that, we were like, oh, whoa, other people also kind of grew up like this. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely one I would consider revisiting. I just think it may have been like a time place thing, you know, because I have heard such great things about that one. Um, Another way I'd suggest warming up to memoirs is through graphic novels. If you've ever wanted to try them, but maybe you've been hesitant, consider this an option. There's several out there, but the two I'd like to recommend are Marbles, Mania, Depression, Michelangelo and Me by Ellen Forney and An Age of License, a Travel Vlog by Lucy Kinsley. Marbles explores the relationship between quote unquote crazy, not my words, just saying, and creative memoir of her bipolar disorder woven with stories of famous bipolar artists and writers. It provides a visceral glimpse into the effects of a mood disorder on an artist's work as she shares her own story through bold black and white images and evocative prose. On the other hand, An Age of License is a travel vlog and a journal of the artist's trip abroad mixed with anxieties about her life and career. The next one that I have is now going even more towards cults, um, since I love cults. Um, So this one is called Member of the Family uh, by Diane Lake. And Diane was actually one of the girls in Charles Manson's cult. Um, She is not one, though, that committed any murders, thankfully. Um, (laughs) But she joined his cult at the age of 14. So this book actually talks about some of her previous life, which is in like the 60s and then into the 70s, 
which I am kind of fascinated by that era. And I was even more fascinated because her parents were so, um, what would you call that? Were like not hands on, like they're just like, <laughs> Run free, children. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like her- the era. Like everybody's like, oh, that's a kippy parents or whatever. But yeah. I don't know another word for it. <laughs> right. Detached yeah, so parenting. They- yeah, that's how they were. <laughs> um, but it's because like they were constantly like on drugs. And then, I mean, they were totally fine with her being on drugs at a really young age. So they would all just drug together. Wow. But anyway, yeah. So she uh, meets Charles Manson. Um, and joins his call at the age of 14, which I mean, what 14 year olds make good decisions, you know, <laughs> but it was very interesting. This was one of the, um, I think this is the second like kind of cult book and memoir that I've read. Um, so I really loved how she explained like why people join cults. Like people don't join cults because they're like, oh, hey, look, there's a cult. Let me go join it. Right. Um, a lot of times it's because the cult leader is a very charismatic person. They're looking for people that are kind of the victim of things, you know, so they don't really mm-hmm. have a family. They're looking for more and you just kind of fall into it without realizing what you're getting into until it's kind of too late. So very interesting. Um, and I-, I learned a lot about it and was just shocked in general. Like that's, what cults are about and that's what 60s and 70s is like so (laughs) that sounds crazy um I have to mention The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls I think it might have been like my first memoir I've read in a while at least I read it a couple of years ago but it is a tender moving tale of unconditional love and a family that despite its profound flaws gave the author the um, fiery determination to carve out a successful life of her own terms. Um, I know you read this one and you didn't quite mm-hmm. love it as much as I did, but you still enjoyed it. Um, it kind of reminded me um, of that like detached family a little bit because I definitely think there were some like mental, you know, know, illnesses going on and they were just kind of, you know, the kids weren't going to school all the time. They would sometimes, they wouldn't other times. Very interesting. And I also watched the movie with Woody Harrelson. And he did such a good job in that role as the father. I just loved it. And at the end of the movie, they had like pictures too. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So that was really cool. I really love when they include pictures in the books. So definitely member of the family had pictures and some of the other ones I'm going to be talking about in the future have pictures. And I feel like it just makes the experience that much more better when you're reading about it because you hear about these things but then you know in your mind you're kind of like well I mean like okay and then you see the pictures and you're like oh shit this actually happens (laughs) yeah yeah, you're like oh here's the receipts it actually happened I really did this this was really what it looked like yeah yes yeah so my next one um this one is actually a young adult memoir um all boys aren't blue by george m johnson um so this is telling his story being a black gay man um so super interesting i learned so much about just not only gay culture in general but also being black and gay like yeah it it, is very very sad because he talks about like the beginning of his life and i mean he was just bullied so badly and like not even accepted like within his own family um so it is a very very heartbreaking story um it's also very dark 
And he, before um, the actual like book starts, I listened to it on audio. It's fantastic on audio. Um, But he has like an author's note saying, you know, I understand that a lot of this stuff is very dark for a young adult to read about. But he's like, this happened to me as a young adult. This happens to other young adults. Mm -hmm. So you should still read it. So that way, you know, like that this is happening. Um, So I really appreciated that. That was good. I remember you really enjoying that one. My Mm -hmm. next one, I'm so happy to have it on this list, but also because I recommended this one to you and Mm -hmm. you really enjoyed it. And that is Hunger, A Memoir of My Body by Roxanne Gay. And in this one, it's an honest memoir of food, weight, self-image, and learning how to feed your hunger while taking care of yourself. This one does deal with like her being raped as a young girl, mm-hmm. gang raped as a young girl, um, and how she used food and her body as a protection. So like that sort of thing didn't happen again. Um, so it's, it's very difficult at times to read but her writing is just so good i love her writing so recommend that if you can get on board with those content warnings yeah that one was really good i felt it was very relatable so yeah um my next one actually this one i guess could be a little considered lighthearted. it's not <laughs> as dark um so me by elton john I really like Elton John's music and I really liked Rocket Man when it came out. But then I read his memoir and I <laughs> I was just obsessed for months. I mean I still And to I'm say obsessed, obsessed I, I mean obsessed guys. <laughs> no, I'm still, like literally, I don't know what was wrong with me. Um, but I read his memoir and I loved it because there's something about reading about a famous person and their early life, how they became famous, the problems that they went through, you know, where they were in their life when maybe like a movie came out or a song came out of theirs or whatever it would be. Um, And so Elton John actually had a very abusive childhood as well, which I did not realize. Um, And then just his career in general, um, he had a lot of problems with drugs which I mean, a lot of people did back then. Um, But it was so nice to see that he actually went to rehab because I I honestly do not think he would be alive today if he had not gone to rehab and gotten clean. Um, And so it was just, it it ends obviously really great because he's still doing great, you know? Um, But yeah, so after reading that, I rewatched i actually oh i listened to it on audio and it's um narrated by i always forget his name um but it's narrated by the guy that plays him in the movie rocket man so it was just really cool because it was like full circle and then i watched rocket man like probably three more times and nonstop listened to elton john music for like three months (laughs) fair warning everyone (laughs) yeah so All right, the next one was a recommendation from you, and that is The Sound of Gravel by Ruth Werner. And this this was also one of the earlier ones that I read, and it just, this blew my mind. Some of the Mm -hmm. things that it talked about and some of the stories, talk about a slice of life. So growing up in a farm in rural Mexico where authorities turned a blind eye to the practices of her community, Ruth lives in a ramshackled house without indoor plumbing or electricity. 
And just describing that, you can't really picture it. Like that just sounds like, okay, she didn't have electricity and she didn't have plumbing. But like when Mm -hmm. she writes about it in the book, you're just like, this sounds dangerous. How they were like rigging stuff up. You're like, oh my goodness. And it's not like it's the 1700s. No, yeah, it's like, um, at church, preachers teach that God will punish the wicked by destroying the world and that women can only ascend to heaven by entering into polygamous marriages and giving birth to as many children as possible. So this is like a polygamist family living in a um, community that is polygamous as well. So after Ruth's father, the man who has been the founding prophet of the colony is brutally murdered by his brother in a bid for the church power. Her mother remarries, becoming the second wife of another faithful congregate. So it's her and her siblings growing up in this environment. And it is just wild to think about because this is like, this literally is still happening today. I think that was the hardest part of that is there's still polygamy out there. And you're like, is this still how it is? Because you can't get close to those people. You know, they don't let in outsiders and stuff. So that one was wild. (laughs) Yeah, that one is actually the very first memoir that I've read. So it just Um, started you on that train. (laughs) Yep, started me on it. And I was crying when I like, especially when I got to the pictures, because it just made it all too real, like seeing her brother, seeing her mother, like, oh my gosh, it it's a hard one to mm-hmm. read, definitely. Yeah. So a little bit on, I guess, more lighter before I go back to dark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of famous people, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, this one, I really had no intentions of picking it up until everyone started raving about the audiobook and how good it was. So I picked up the audiobook and it's narrated by Matthew McConaughey. So of course that's going to be good. Um, and I just really enjoyed it because it's not dark and disturbing at all. Like, I mean, he didn't have like a terrible childhood or anything like that, but again, it was really cool to see, you know, how he grew up how he became famous. And he's definitely one of those people that like, he is a rule breaker. And it's like <laughs> him breaking the rules is like what got him famous. Cause he pushed himself to like, be like, no, like I want to audition this part, but I'm going to do it my style. So it's very interesting the way that he would explain like, oh, in this movie, I was supposed to do this, this, and this, but instead I went off script and did this, this, and this. <laughs> oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, so one of the, um, like, an example of that is, like, in The Wolf of Wall Street, like, you know how when he's, like, "Mm." yeah, he totally was just making that up. (laughs) That's awesome, though. Yeah, so it was just really funny. Um, This is more, though, I would say it goes kind of, like, on the self-help-ish, because he talks about green lights and, like, red lights in life. Um, And so some people that don't like self-help, they didn't appreciate it very much or they just didn't really like vibe with it. And I think it's because it's not only just about his life, but he kind of gives you like small tips, you know, throughout like being like, 
you know, be yourself and let's <laughs> Yeah, but like you said, he, he narrates it himself. So that has yeah. to be pretty cool. All right. Yeah. The next recommendation I have for you is In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Manchado. I know you didn't like this one because I do read poetry and it does have a very unique prose to it um it's broken up well let me just tell you what it's about so she the author shares her experiences in an abusive same sex relationship um so that's the first time i ever read anything about that even fictional or non-fictional so that was very interesting to read about um and it was kind of like the subtle abuse you know it was like the gaslighting abuse it was just Mm -hmm. that was very strange but she kind of broke it up into these like little segments and they all had like something to do like about a house like a room in a house or something like that um so it was an interesting writing style for sure and i think people are either gonna love it or they're not gonna get it like they're just gonna be like because it doesn't feel like a narrative a a, a typical narrative like start to finish Mm -hmm. and i think most people going into this unless you're like a seasoned you know poetry person you're not going to like immediately connect to it it might take you a little bit more to like stretch and read it um so i know not a lot of people like this but i really enjoyed it but that is because (laughs) i read poetry i think so the next one i have to talk about is a stolen life by jc duggar um this happened not too long ago i believe it was like the early 2000s. It's not like super old or anything like that. Um, But this is about JC who was actually kidnapped um, when she was, I think maybe like 10 or something like that. And she's with her kidnapper until um, her late 20s or early 30s. Um, And this kidnapper, like, like she was imprisoned at first, but when you spend that many years with this person like eventually you just stop trying to leave obviously um and she ends up like having some kids with this kidnapper um and she's finally like out now they finally figured it out um but like i just could not imagine like she was even talking about i mean she was you know locked into a room and like had to use a bucket and like um even like childbirth like they wouldn't take her to the hospital and um she just kind of had her children which is kind of what i see sometimes in the polygamous books that i read like you kind of just have your children and like that's what gives you joy and because you have children like you kind of stop trying to like get away or you know whatever it would be but it was a very sad story i did listen to the audiobook i don't really recommend the audiobook um i did not like the way that she narrated it um so that's one of the reasons it's a four star for me instead of five but if i just read the physical book maybe i would have even given it higher stars but it's definitely very i just can't believe that like kids are kidnapped and like that's what happens to them and like think about all the years that she just didn't have a childhood or yeah like you you said at least like 10 years that she was with this guy and yeah i I think yeah i think it was 18 years so she was from 10 to 28 Oh, wow. Yeah. Like you went from like a child to an adult. Yeah. <laughs> and had children. And yep, that is. She crazy. had like two or three children with this guy. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm adding that to my like wish list. Um, the oh, next and two... he, had a, he had a wife that knew about it too. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. 
Um, okay, the next one is Troublemaker Surviving Hollywood and Scientology by Leah Remini. Um, the outspoken actress, talk show host, and reality TV star offers up a no-holds-barred memoir, including an eye-opening insider account of her tumultuous, heart-wrenching 30-year-plus association with the Church of Scientology. Um, I actually read another one as well that was about Scientology, and that one is Beyond Belief, My Secret Life Inside Scientology and My Harrowing Escape by Jenna Miscavige-Hill. And in this one, Jenna Miscavige-Hill, she is the niece of the Church of Scientology's leader, David Miscavige. Um, so I felt like she was even like more closely related with the church. Um, mm -hmm. She was raised as a Scientologist, but left the religion in 20 in 2005 and beyond belief she shares her true story inside the upper ranks of the sect details her experiences as a member of the sea org the church's highest ministry and speaks of her disconnection from family outside of the organization and tells the story of her ultimate escape i preferred the beyond belief memoir over troublemaker um, because i think it just goes into much more detail and um, if you watch the Leah Remini A&E special, it's called Scientology in the Aftermath. I don't really think you need to read the book. And because Leah Remini is a actress, I think her portrayal on screen came off better. Like I didn't feel like I gained anything new by reading the memoir. Um, but if you're looking for like a shorter version, maybe go with Troublemaker because it's the shorter of the two books. I just read Troublemaker this month actually. Nice. Um, and yeah, it was pretty good. I, I I didn't know anything about Scientology before that. So I liked it because of learning about Scientology. Yeah. Um, and I definitely would want to read more. So I'll probably um, pick up that other book that you mentioned. Um, but I just felt like, yeah, she kind of, she talks a lot, even though the book is short, I just felt like it was uh, a lot of her talking kind of, I guess, acting within the book. Um, just yeah. a lot of stories that I felt like I didn't really care about. Um, but yeah, yeah, it had a lot of her about her acting career, working mm -hmm. on King of Kings with Kevin James and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas like, obviously this other one, she's not an actress. She's just an everyday person that happens to be the niece of, and I would definitely recommend this one. Like I said, it is a little bit longer. I think it's like around 400 pages, but it read mm -hmm. so quickly and it starts like when she's young, like I think four or something like that and it talks about how like the kids were separated and there's this one part that I will like literally never get out of my head but there's like I don't want to say it's like a farm but it kind of is was like a farm where they took all these kids from Scientologists like leaders and stuff like that and they mm -hmm. kind of raised them out there but there was like one or two adults for like 50 80 kids right so all of these kids were really responsible for themselves mm -hmm. and I think she was seven I might be wrong but I'm pretty sure she was seven and she was the nurse uh, to uh, all to everybody that lived all the other kids and stuff that lived on this in this farm or whatever area it was um yeah. and how she would like give people medicine and treat you know any kind of illnesses or anything how are you supposed to do that at seven? That is nuts. Are you kidding me? It reminds me? me, yeah, it reminds me in Troublemaker when she said how, yeah, everyone would drop off their babies um, for like this, for a child to watch and how they believed that children need to do, like are, are uh, they're just adults. Like 
they just need to be treated like adults. And I was like, okay, sure. Like maybe when you're like 15 and older, not when you're like seven. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things about Scientology, like I said, I've only read these two memoirs. I've watched the Annie special, but that's really it. But I'm definitely looking for like more memoirs out there in books about Scientology because I'm just so fascinated by it. But you sign a billion year contract of your life for Mm science. Like you, like, I think she was, this was right before she did the nursing job. She had to sign a contract. So she was like, let's just say she was under 10 because I don't remember the exact age, but she signed a contract for her life for a billion year contract saying that I am going to do this for a billion years. Like, okay, first of all, they believe in obviously this is your first life that you're doing it. And then you come back yeah. and you just keep doing it and keep doing it. And keep How doing are you supposed to like, know when you come back? You I don't, <laughs> I'm, there's so many things that I'm confused by, but also just like the pressure that they put on these young children. And mm-hmm. when you're that young and you don't know anybody, you just want your mom and dad. Like, where's mom? Where's dad? You can hardly ever see them because they're off doing stuff for the church. And the church becomes much more important than like family. Mm -hmm. It's all Mm -hmm. about the church. Family is secondary. If you get to see your kids, great. But if you don't, like, you shouldn't have expected to in the first place. It's just, it was wild. So I would highly recommend Beyond Belief for sure. Um, Next up, I have Ghost Boy by Martin Pistorius. So this is different than a lot of other memoirs that I've read. This is about Martin and his life where all of a sudden he was a normal boy. Even this one also has pictures. So you get to see him like, you know, being seven years old, like running around, jumping around. And I think it was when he turned 10, he started like losing the ability to move, losing the ability to speak. And within like a year, he was just a vegetable. So he like could not, he was just there and they could not figure out. It was like this undiagnosed, like degenerative disease. They have no clue um, like what caused it. And he talks about like how that was really hard on like his mom and dad um, because he actually could still hear everything. Um, but they didn't know that. So like, I mean, he was visible with like, you know, his dad kind of wanting to be like, you know, let's get rid of him, you know, put him in a home. And like, it was really hard for his mom to take care of like his siblings and him and, you know, like make ends meet and stuff. This is back in, I think the 1980s. Um, and so all of a sudden then like years later, um, he starts being able to like slightly move, um, slightly you know start being able to communicate they they brought in like a communication specialist and that it was very interesting because like i know that we have like you know the computers and stuff that can talk for people but i never really thought about it you know or if you can only move like your finger slightly like Mm -hmm. how do you communicate you can't just type on a keyboard you know um so it was very interesting reading about all the different forms of communication how they can't like even just looking at how people's like eyes are reacting like that was very interesting to me and it does have happy ending um and I was like crying at the end like I don't know why it was like it was just really emotional because like I just felt so bad for him like could you imagine just like not being able to do what everyone else is doing and being handicapped and like you know, trying to date, trying to work, trying to have a life. Like I, 
I don't know, is very sad to me. But it, I mean, it has a happy ending. So like, That's it's good. not, it's not like, yeah, it's still, it was like happy tears, but like sad tears too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. And then I do have one more. Um, this one I read just this month um, because, you know, I love polygamy. And so I wanted to read more. I There's definitely more like polygamy polygamy um memoirs that i have not been able to read yet um so super excited about those but breaking free by rachel jeffs um she was the daughter of warren jeffs who is um like one of the main leaders of the flds church um and they totally practice polygamy and they it's just like kind of the sound of gravel where they believe where you know, you need to, you have to have at least three wives in order to get to heaven and you have to have as many children as possible. Um, a lot of times like they don't have the funds in order to raise all of these children. So a lot of times like they will try and get on food stamps, but like in her situation, um, like the leaders will take the food stamp card. So like the higher ups, they get to eat really well. Um, but you and your children, you kind of like starve. You just eat like rice and beans. Um, so it was interesting to hear how she was raised because she was also sexually abused by her dad. And so were a lot of her siblings. And then, you know, he gave her off to be married to someone who it was interesting because like at that time, you know, you're just kind of given to that person and you just kind of have to like, you know, have kids with them or whatever. But you kind of see like she does fall in love with him later. Um, she is now having escaped from um, this cult and now is married or almost married to someone else. Um, so she did kind of have a happy ending. But what is so shocking to me is number one, like how long it takes for someone to realize like, the situation that they're in i felt like kind of depressed reading this book because it was like you just never had anything to look forward to in your life um like your whole childhood the whole time you're having kids like you're not allowed to have any fun you're not allowed to go out and do anything you're not allowed to have a cell phone you're not allowed to like all you do is work and raise everyone else's kids and there's no love or affection it's just ridiculous. And so she talks about how like her dad, Warren Jeffs, um, he's in jail because like he started marrying like child brides, like 12 year olds, literally. Um, he Crazy. is an evil person. And I didn't realize really who he was until I read this book. So there's actually another book called Stolen Innocence, which is also, I think, by another one of his daughters. And I believe people said that they like that one a little bit more than Breaking Free. So I'm going to, I really want to pick up that one next, but I'm kind of fascinated with like, you know, maybe because I was homeschooled, I didn't know who Warren Jeffs was. But <laughs> now that I know that I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is still, this, this literally what happened like 10 years ago. I mean, yeah, I was like, it just blows my mind that yeah I remember him being on the news like if you think polygamy you think Warren Jeffs and yeah. it's interesting because I recently picked up a copy of that and I'm so excited when I saw you were going to recommend it because I was like good because I'm going to yeah. be reading it soon hopefully um, oh and it has pictures and oh my gosh it just feels so weird because like you see you know like these 20 wives in a row and like they all had to they were only allowed to wear pastels. They had mm -hmm. to sew all their own clothing. So it's almost like like the Amish and Mennonite, but like yeah. in all pastels. Mm -hmm. And 
obviously like, you know, child brides and all that is not good. Even their hairstyles are interesting. Yes. <laughs> and, and, yes. All this, so. and all of this stuff like is because Warren Jeffs thinks that he is like God and he'll be like, oh, God, talk to me. And this is like for real true. And he would be like, um, you were not allowed to eat um, onions now. Like they had to like, like she's even said that like cooking was so hard because everything was like so flavorless. Cause like he took away garlic and onions and like, they only had like rice to eat. And it was just, it's nuts. And again, like not going to the doctor, not getting that you were not allowed to um, like scream in pain for childbirth. Like you had to be like quiet. And if you screamed in pain, like, oh my gosh, you're a sinner. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy. Yeah, well, so. Thank you for sharing all of those wonderful recommendations. I'd also like to mention two Netflix shows based on memoirs in case you'd like to go that route in your exploration. The first is Hillbilly Elegy based on the book by J.D. Vance. And the second is Made based on the book by Stephanie Land. Hillbilly Elegy stars Amy Adams and Glenn Close. An urgent phone call pulls a Yale law student to his small hometown in Ohio where he reflects on three generations of family history and his own future. Maid is about a young mom who flees an abusive relationship to make a better life for her and her daughter. Landing a job as a maid, she tries to make ends meet by any means necessary. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at TalkBookishPodcast to stay up to date on special announcements, book discussions, podcast guests, and more. I appreciate your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yes, you can rate TalkBookish to me right from the Spotify app on your phone. To find out how to, check the FAQs on Instagram. Check the show notes for a list of the books mentioned, and I'll also have Jacqueline's social media linked so that you can check her out. Until next time, happy reading!